This is Grant Taff. I was called coach for most of my life, but I always thought of myself as a teacher. My prayer is that you will learn something here that inspires you to be a positive influence at work, at home, and in your community. May God bless each of you as you listen. Coach Grant Taff is a college football legend. After a 54-year coaching career that culminated with his historic tenure at Baylor University, Coach Taff served as the executive director of the American Football Coaches Association for two decades. He is known as a master motivator, speaker, and as a best-selling author. He is a member of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame and was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2001. He's also my dad. This podcast is an archive of his legacy, but also offers some fresh insights and conversations that we hope you enjoy. I'm Lane Pittman, and this is Grant Taft Beyond the Game, presented by the National Child ID Program. Well, in 1972, after I'd gotten here and tried to establish some positive aspects of becoming a Baylor Bear, uh, just uh, what I had found out about this great university uh, was a very, very strong selling point. Uh, it, of course, was a private institution, Baptist uh, denomination. And uh, the great thing I found as I became more knowledgeable about uh, Baylor University was the wonderful people that were involved in both administration and uh, in the teaching part of it. And of course, the job at Baylor University uh, wasn't one of the big jobs that that even paid uh, you know, close to what they were paying in those days and never paid what most universities paid. Uh, the times have changed. And one of the things, Lane, and you grew up, I think, recognize and understand this, you never heard me fuss about the fact that, uh, you know, I wasn't making as much money as somebody else, uh, even in our own league. Uh, if I was not happy, and I think this should apply to everybody, you know, if you're not happy in your circumstances, uh, then you find other circumstances. Uh, I, I do not think it uh, is uh, beneficial to anybody for somebody that's not happy with what they're making uh, to be one of those individuals that just gripes all the time, makes everybody around them feel bad uh you know if you don't like it get out and uh i liked it at baylor university and never really much concerned myself about the salary i could take care of my wife and three daughters uh on what i was making so that wasn't the big issue the big issue for me lane was to try to restore uh, the prominence of this university uh, in athletics in what was at that time the Southwest Conference, which was the old prestigious conference that had 
been uh, in this part of the country for many years. All of the schools in the conference were in Texas, with the exception of Arkansas. And, of course, Arkansas was a member, and that made it sort of interesting. But uh, I was very excited about that opportunity and took it sight unseen. Mm. So Now, I hear the, that you weren't Baylor's first choice. Tell me a little bit about what well, happened. Well, first choice might be a misnomer. I found out later they had offered it to just about everybody that could breathe that was coaching. Uh, I know for sure they offered it to every member of the University of Texas staff. Wow. And they couldn't get anybody to take it. But here's what was the interesting part of that. There was a guy named Rudy Feldman. Rudy was over at New Mexico University. And uh, so we had heard about the Baylor opening, and uh, we were very, you know, excited, hoping that, you know, we might get some contact. And uh, Donnell had, uh, we were sitting watching TV, and it came on, and I was reading, wasn't paying attention to the sports, and she got my attention. She said, honey, they, they, just, they just hired Rudy Feldman at at uh, Baylor. I said, oh, okay. Okay, don't. So, honestly, the next morning, I got a call from Jack Patterson, who I had known through track. He said, hey, the deal fell through (laughs) with Rudy Feldman. Uh, I'd like you to come over and uh, talk about this coaching job. I said, well, fine, coach, can you send a plane for me? Oh, no, we, we, don't, we don't have a plane. <laughs> so I said, okay. But anyway, we got over here, and it was one of those things. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, there, people kind of look at you strange sometimes when you say that uh, you feel that that's where God wants you to be. But it was not, you know— the primo job. It was not the University of Texas. Uh, It was Baylor University, and they had not been successful in a long time. Mm -hmm. I accepted the job, and then we came down, and then I came to the reality of what it was like. They didn't have a practice field. All their workouts through all the years, both games and practice was on the field at the stadium so we get to the stadium really for the first time and I walk out and walk down on the field and there is not a blade of grass on that field wow it's a grass field but there wasn't a blade of grass it was just dirt wow so that's where we started out so then that's led me to um, you know being pretty bold and saying to the administration at at Baylor, I said, look, I can build a program here, but I've got to have some facilities. I can't can't compete in recruiting with the University of Texas and Texas A&M and even SMU and TCU and Texas Tech uh, with the facilities that we have. 
So they said, uh, well, what, what, do you, what do you need? And I said, well, I need AstroTurf, first of all. That field doesn't have a blade of grass on it. And I'd be embarrassed to play a game, much less work my players out. Well, what do you think it cost? And I told them. And they went around a little bit and said, well, if you can raise the money, you can do it. That's quite a deal. Yeah, it was. $750,000. Raise the money, you can Wasn't quite a million dollars. Wow. And I didn't know anybody. So how am I going to raise the money? Mm -hmm. Well, fortunately, there was a guy over uh, in uh, Tyler. And uh, I found out he was a big, big Baylor supporter. So I set me an appointment. I drive over there, and I go in to visit with him. And he said, what do you think it'll cost? And I said, about $750,000. Oh, that's a lot of money. I said, well, yeah, I know it is. And he looked at me, and he said, okay. <laughs> that's how easy it was. Wow to get that and so full speed ahead from there mm-hmm. we uh, was able to get the AstroTurf that spring uh, we started recruiting uh, I had uh, an experience that I never dreamed I'd ever have in the spring of the first year we came we came in December late December so you got the spring training to go through well it was bad when I took over and it got worse <laughs> in the sense that uh, uh, so many of the players that were on campus, on scholarship, uh, once we had spring training, uh, I started getting knocks on my doors. And it was players coming in and quitting because we had been through a little bit of off-season work. Hmm. And, you know, we believe you have to work hard to get physically ready, spiritually ready, mentally ready to play the game. Hard work is essential. So that's what we do. And so I had so many of them say to me, Coach, uh, I just uh, don't believe I want to work that hard. Mm. And I said, well, you made the right decision. They came in to quit. Mm-hmm. And I said, "That's you made the right decision. If you don't want to work that hard, you shouldn't be around here. Wow. And so I lost about 40 players that mm. spring. So it was pretty thin picking. So what we recruited that spring in the fall of 72 was going to be mostly going to be our players, freshmen. So I virtually uh, went out and recruited some junior college players, and uh, then there were a few on campus that were quality players. Uh, one that made All-American for me was Roger Goree. Oh, he was, yeah, he was a great player yeah. and a tremendous leader for yeah. us. A spiritual leader as well as a physical leader because uh, – You have to have uh, an athlete, a player, that's a leader. Mm. You know, coaches can't be on that field out there uh, in the huddle 
uh, when they're driving for a touchdown or when you're driving for a touchdown, you got to have that leadership there. Uh, another was uh, unheralded, unknown uh, quarterback that had a speech impediment. That's a tough combination. So, but I didn't know the kind of man he was, you know, at that time. And so I was quite disappointed when I found out that he, he was a stutter. And the way, it, way I found out, uh, I, when I first got here, I was walking underneath the old stadium with uh, some of the guys that had already been here that I kept on the staff. Uh, and uh, so we were walking down underneath the stadium, going down toward the dressing room. And uh, here comes three players up. And so the guy with me, Bill Hicks, uh, who was I kept on the staff here, uh, said, hey, guys, come over here and meet the new head football coach. It's uh, Coach Taft from Angelo State. And I shook hands with all of them, and one of them was Neil Jeffrey. So that's how I met Neil underneath the stadium. Wow. The more I got to know him, the more I loved him as a, as a human being and, and as a football player. Uh, he didn't have speed. Uh, you know, he had a, a speech issue. And all of the things that a young person could have against them Neil Jeffrey had, but he became a monumental uh, inspiration to me and to his teammates because he didn't let that bother him. And we were in a situation at Baylor where there were a lot more negatives than they were positives. And I think part of his inspiration and leadership uh, taught the players and even our coaches you know, don't worry about what the situation is, make the most of it. And so that was sort of what we started out with uh, here at Baylor University, was not worrying about what we didn't have, but taking what we had and making the most of it. And it seemed uh, to the world uh, uh, probably uh, an outstanding feat because of where Baylor had come from. Uh, but to me and to, I think, others that have a great respect for the game of football uh, knew that we were not anywhere where we needed to be in that first year. But we were extremely competitive and in uh, and, and my first year here. And the reason for that, uh, was number one the wonderful young men that uh, were on campus and then the combination of the freshmen that we brought in to mix in with them. But the other thing I was really blessed with is I kept several members of the coaching staff that were here. Uh, one in particular, Bill Hicks, who was a Baylor graduate, was on the coaching staff here and a wonderful coach and, and a wonderful individual as well uh, and did an excellent job recruiting for us. But, uh, you know, uh, th that coaching staff, I, I might just take a moment and explain to folks uh, what it was a combination of. Uh, I, I was, uh, philosophy-wise, was really a defensive-oriented coach. Uh, and uh, what I knew about offense, I had learned from my college coach, 
and uh, and and knew very well that I had to keep the ball uh, if I was going to score offensively. And so I, I came up with and worked on, devised a short yardage offense that we called the tandem offense because we had two tight ends and three stacked backs inside, a set halfback to the right, always to the right, a fullback and a tailback and a quarterback. So we had four backs, two tight ends. So it was a formation that I designed that I believe we could make the yard that you had to have. If you can make a yard or two yards, uh, you can maintain possession of the football. And that was one of the things that we knew we had to do to be successful was that we had to maintain possession and run the clock, get the clock, uh, get the game over with as quick as we could, uh, hopefully be ahead uh, by using good uh, conservative common judgment and, and common sense offense and defense. And, uh, and, and we, made it, we made it work because we had uh, some young men that just were amazing. They uh, all of a sudden became uh, very special, and a part of it was that they believed in and grasped the system that that I and my coaches staff was uh, promoting that we could win with. We were very strong in the specialty teams. Uh, the kicking game was important to us as well. Uh, each play was extremely important uh, in a game. And uh, where a lot of fans will look at it and say, well, you know, there were a bunch of plays there that didn't mean anything. Well, they meant something if we made uh, three yards uh, on first or second down. And uh, it, it, then if we could make uh, on third or fourth down, many times on fourth down, if we can make that one yard. So, you know, it was a matter of ball control. It was a matter of sustaining uh, possession of the football and uh, using the clock and then playing defense. So it, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, something that was a, a staggering uh revelation in college uh, football, but it was taking the simplest, most basic things, doing them correctly, and maintaining possession, and being able to play defense. That first year, uh, you were five and six. Winning five games must have been really rewarding. This is Grant Taft. Thank you for joining us. Now, go make a difference beyond the game.